What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here with you. We got a lot to get to, to cram in. I've got some NHL talk. I know it's rare that I talk hockey. But hockey and tennis are converging for me this morning on the top layer. While other sports and athletes in general will also be a part of the topic that I discuss first. We're going to look at the National Football League Week 3 schedule and my predictions later in the show. The NBA is starting with a bang. Big moves as training camps are about to begin. All of the talk about the Sixers, the Timberwolves firing, Andrew Wiggins not wanting to get vaccinated. Major League Baseball is coming down to the wire. The races are getting tighter and tighter. Something I really enjoyed was the celebration in the game between the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, which is pretty cool. The Tampa Bay Rays and the Miami Marlins. Little basketball, little Euro step in the game. If you didn't see it, Michael Lee shared it and I liked it. But uh, I like to see the gamesmanship, if you will, in the celebration between two players incorporating the Euro step of the NBA. Or really, it's just a Euro step, not of the NBA but the Eurostep of basketball in the game. But first, I want to start with what I find to be the hardest thing for sports to figure out. And the reason that I'm bringing this to the forefront is we know now if not for the last two or three years, that sports have been getting closer, professional sports leagues have been getting closer and closer to embracing gambling. Overseas, you see all kinds of teams uh, having betting companies on the front of their jerseys. It's a part of their league. It's a fabric of their league. And the story yesterday that the NHL found no evidence that the San Jose Sharks forward Evander Kane bet on his own games is something that I think the incorporation of betting into sports has as benefits, right? We all enjoy betting on games, a chance to win some money and see your team win. Maybe you don't just bet on your own team. You know, there's a story yesterday of the guy who used a free $25 bet and almost won a 16-team parlay in the NFL, which would have won him like $750,000. So there is excitement in it. But these situations where you have players being accused of betting on their own games, in this case, it was by Evander Kane's wife, Deanna. They're going through a divorce, so maybe that was just kind of, you know, her wanting to smear his name a little bit. But you got to take it at least with a grain of salt. 
You can't judge a book by its cover and say, oh, well, she's just bitter. No, that's not what it's about. It forces the NHL to have to investigate the matter. And I think more today than ever with Shula Joe Jackson and Pete Rose in terms of players, but also we had Tim Donaghy, the referee that got in trouble for betting too, banned from refing NBA games, or refing period, I think. It's going to add one more thing that all of these leagues have to add to their bottom line, to add a budget in there for investigating if players are betting on their own games. Now, no, we don't want players to do that. No one does. But I think it's also a double-edged sword. You're inviting all of this betting to happen around the leagues. I used to work for a professional sports team. We used to have to take a test every year uh, with questions of understanding why you shouldn't bet and how you shouldn't share information about the team with your friends and family so that maybe they can go and bet on games if you know a player's injured and not going to play, et cetera, et cetera. I get it. But if you can imagine someone, either a wife or a father or a cousin, putting it out there, yo, X player bet on his own games. The leagues are going to now have to investigate all of this. How are you going to stop players, employees, front office staff from taking a bet, from betting on things. It's going to be very difficult. I think it's definitely something that should not happen. If you're a part of an organization, you definitely should not be betting on your team and the league that, you know, you are, uh, that your team is in. But the Pandora's box is already open. Leagues and teams are making money off of betting. But I don't know if there, and you probably, if you got one, let me know. But I don't think there is a right solution. Even if you say hardline, players, employees, front office, anybody associated with the team cannot bet in the league that they're in. And I don't want that to affect the game. But that also means you almost, as an employee, you almost at a point are not even going to be have a conversation with friends and family about the team. Maybe Evander Kane didn't do anything wrong. According to the NHL, the investigation into these accusations, including they reviewed his social media and public data and they did court filings. He has a bankruptcy proceeding along with the divorce proceedings. The wife didn't want to participate in the investigation, so she just threw it out there. Obviously, Evander Kane, you know, denied these accusations that he better through his own games, but that he did admit he has a gambling addiction. And that's why he is bankrupt. He owes $1.5 million in gambling debts. I guess he should be fine. He gets $7 million a year from San Jose Sharks. I think he can figure it out. I hope so. Wish I had $7 million annually. But this is a no-win situation for the league and the teams to be involved in betting 
but then you want to not be associated with it when it comes to the employees and the players. I guess the players are employees, but people that are on the team's payroll. But like I said, what do you do if you're just like, oh yeah, you're just kind of having a casual casual conversation with your father or son, uncle, sister? Oh man, yeah, so-and-so got hurt in practice. Who knows about Sunday? I hope he's able to go. Will that constitute you being in trouble if someone finds out? That's what makes what we are doing now, really embracing betting, a gift and a curse. It truly is a gift and a curse. I would pray, say similar to family, you know, some would say it's more of a gift, the joy of possibly winning the money, watching your team or whoever you bet on. But I certainly don't like to hear about people who are going bankrupt, whether you're a millionaire or not, having a gambling addiction. There, of course, is a 1-800 number that you can call if you do happen to have a gambling problem, and that is 1-800-GAMBLER. So please remember that if you need it. Speaking of betting and gambling, go to PropsHQ.com. It's the best source for sports betting shows, news, insights. Of course, that includes Just for Sport. We got the Tour Junkies. We got the Dink Pickle Pod. Cheap Shots. NBA Picks and Props. We'll be picking up again soon. And of course, that's where you can learn, wager, and win. Wherever you are, assuming you're in this, hoping you're in a state that you can bet, they have links to FanDuel, Points Bet, DraftKings Sportsbook, FanDuel, Unibet, Bet Rivers, Bet MGM. It's all there for you. But as I continue to discuss this conversation, that I started talking about the NHL and Evander Kane, I also was following the story and learned as well that he is being investigated for uh, domestic abuse. And now Evander Kane won't participate in training camp until further notice. That was based on a statement that came out from the Sharks. His wife, Deanna Kane, filed a restraining order against him for sexual assault and domestic violence allegations against Evander. Of course, he, he denies ever abusing his wife or their daughter. But these are serious allegations. Very serious allegations. There's several players in several leagues, and obviously this happens in, you know, not just in the sports world where domestic abuse happens, sexual abuse happens. We saw um, the gymnasts, including Simone, Simone Biles. She was on the Hill in D.C. talking about how FBI agents did not do enough to stop Larry Nassar. You've got Deshaun Watson, who is hasn't played a game, probably will not play a game with all of the 
civil lawsuits accusing him of coercive and lewd behavior towards women. Now, the the reason why I bring this up is because across the board, any sort of abuse should not be tolerated. And yet, as I go back and I remember watching the U.S. Open and I saw Alexander Zverev playing tennis, people clapping for him, cheering for him, as if they didn't even know that he had domestic abuse allegations against him. As if the ATP tour in the USTA decided that that doesn't really matter. It's tennis. He's just one player. We are we as people. As Novak Djokovic beat him in the semifinal in Arthur Ashe Stadium. And I would see him move up the ladder. Nothing mentioned about the domestic abuse allegations against him. And that maybe he shouldn't be playing tennis. At least not mainstream sports news. But Deshaun Watson gets talked about. Evander Kane will now be talked about. That he's still not playing because he has a domestic abuse allegations against him. There should be a standard across all sports leagues that it's unacceptable. No matter what sport you're playing, no matter what level, it should not be accepted. And I'm trying to figure out why the USTA and the ATP Tour will not do anything against Alexander Zverev and he gets to just play. Are we okay with that? Is that because it's being investigated so he can play until a ruling is made one way or the other? Each league is different. The NHL chooses to not allow Evander Kane to play. The Houston Texans choose to not allow Deshaun Watson to play. If you're allowing them to play, are you minimizing the importance of why you should take a stand against domestic abuse. Because if you're the ATP Tour or USTA, USTA could have said, no, Zverev, you can't, we, we can't have you play. ATP Tour said, hey, we got to sideline you until this is right because we don't agree with or we have to do an investigation of these allegations before we allow you to step on the court. I'm curious if those internal conversations ever were discussed. And I mean, obviously they were discussed, but discussed enough that you can actually, I mean, you think about how quickly Naomi Osaka, when she said, I don't want to talk to the media, was basically not allowed to play in the French Open and bowed out of Wimbledon. We saw that, and it happened quickly. If you went to Zverev and said, hey, we don't think you should play until we can figure it out. I mean, of course, Zverev is going to say, I didn't do it. I don't know. 
Zverev said, quote, I categorically and unequivocally deny having abused Olya. Olya Sharapova. She was also a tennis player. The case has not come to court. But there has to be some level of what's right and wrong as a human being that goes beyond athlete. You're not an athlete first. You're a human being first. And if it comes out that these allegations are true, you got a tournament in the Labor Cup back in September that was blocking people on Twitter that were talking about the domestic abuse by Alexander Zverev. It's not good. It's not a good look. All right, moving on. Before I get to my picks for Thursday night football and the weekend that will be in the NFL, what's happening in the NBA? U.S. athletes required to receive COVID-19 vaccinations for 2022 Olympics. So I am curious how that will affect leagues like the NBA, where you got Andrew Wiggins saying he's not going to get the shot. And now the Warriors are worried that he's not going to be able to play. Especially when you see that California has the highest vaccination rate. Andrew Wiggins may be granted a religious exemption, but it says that the San Francisco government has the power to override that exemption that the Department of Public Health said, quote, we are actively addressing the matter of requests for religious exemption from vaccinations across many industries and will work with our business and entertainment community on next steps, end quote. Now, my thing is, if you have a religious exemption, you shouldn't be allowed to just say, oh, I got a religious exemption. You should show I either went to church Or someone, a priest, should have to sign some kind of paper that says, yes, this person has a religious exemption. Only San Francisco and New York are the cities that have laws requiring all employees to be vaccinated for large indoor events. So if Wiggins doesn't get vaccinated, he will not be allowed to play in Warrior home games and games in New York against the Nets and the Knicks. It's tough on the flip side when you see a player like Carl Anthony Towns who lost more than six family members to COVID, including his mother. So I wouldn't be surprised if Carl Anthony Towns like, I'm not playing against the Warriors. So that's another, well, I don't even know how many games. I'm going to say three or four games that, that Cat won't be playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I know that Wiggins isn't the only one. Someone took a shot, no pun intended, a shot at Wiggins saying that, dang, I'm going to mess up the tweet. But, you know, it referred to the fact that he doesn't want to get a shot, but it says he doesn't have a shot on the basketball court, that is. Or if he gets vaccinated, that's the best shot he can take in the NBA. Because he takes bad shots. There's so many jokes about it. But it's no joking matter. 
People are dying. People are getting sick. I mentioned Carl Anthony Towns. Jason Tatum now has to take a, use a uh, spacer to help him breathe. And he will probably have to do that for the rest of his career. Maybe not. I hope he doesn't have to take for the rest of his career. It's not funny. And I'd be curious if at some point the league is going to have to say everybody has to be mandated, has to be vaccinated, excuse me. I don't know how they can't. When you see in other leagues, you know, players are getting COVID and having to sit out. Antonio Bryan, the NFL, is vaccinated and got COVID again. Now as to may not play on Sunday. So I know there are people out there that are like, hey, one, I don't want to get the vaccine, period. Secondarily, people who have COVID are still getting I mean, people who are vaccinated are still getting COVID. But I would say to those people, understand the likelihood of that happening is slim to none. You are just hearing about the athletes because sports is something that you're involved in. And so you see three, four players get COVID that already had the vaccine. That means, oh my gosh, the vaccine doesn't work. No, the vaccine works. For most people, it works. I think there's like a, I don't know. There's a one in ridiculous number. One in 30,000 chance. It's not a 100%. It never was considered 100%. But the likelihood of you getting it again after you have the vaccine, odds aren't as high as you winning the lottery. It's about five in 100,000 people. You still got to take care of yourself. But it's a lot slimmer. According to the CDC, COVID-19 vaccines protect people from getting infected and severely ill and significantly reduce the likelihood of hospitalization and death. So I would just get the vaccine just because of that. I don't want to die. I don't. And I know you don't want to either. It's all scary. It's scary for everybody. It's scary if you have a headache and you take a lot of aspirin, ibuprofen. Over the course of time, you really know what you're taking. It's not like you read it. You just do it. And the league has a tough decision to make. What doesn't take a lot of decision making by the league is who makes the playoffs. And in Major League Baseball, it's getting to be a tight race. For the wild card, that is, the division races are all but over. The closest race is San Francisco and the Dodgers. Who are, the Dodgers are two games back of the Giants. The Philadelphia Phillies are three games back of the Braves. But the wild card, that's the fun race right now. Boston is two games up on the Yankees. The Blue Jays are a half game behind the Yankees. The Mariners are two and a half behind the Yankees. Oakland is three and a half in the American League. 
In the National League, we got the Dodgers leading the wild card race. St. Louis Cardinals with a chance to, excuse me, let me repeat that. Let me make one correction. Boston and the Yankees will get the two wild card spots. And then Toronto, Seattle, and Oakland are behind them. Excuse me. The Dodgers and the Cardinals are more likely to get the two wild card spots in the National League with the Reds and Phillies both four and a half games out and the Padres six games out. Padres, oh, I was a shame. I really was rooting for them to start the season. I really was rooting for them. But it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And that's unfortunate. It really is. But it's fun. It's going to be great to watch these games come down to the wire. As I mentioned in the last episode about do you want to be a spoiler? Toronto's at Minnesota. Boston Yankees, I mean, they're playing each other. That's going to be great to watch those games. Seattle's playing Oakland. And as I mentioned, Seattle and Oakland are, you know, within earshot of making the wild card playoffs too. And in getting into the wild card game, I guess that's considered, I think it's still the playoffs. That's why I stumbled on that word, but I guess it's considered wild card. Seattle and Oakland got to beat up on each other now. Milwaukee is playing St. Louis, so Milwaukee could maybe knock out St. Louis. Cincinnati's playing the Nats, and the Philadelphia Phillies are playing the Pirates. So the Pirates can play spoiler. The Pirates can play spoiler. Wow. All right. And we're watching a lot of baseball. I won't be uh, Euro-stepping around the, the games. I'll be watching them hardcore. I'm also, of course, going to be watching football. And it's going to be a great weekend of football. Again. Now, the first game up, tonight's game is the Carolina Panthers 2-0. They are the surprising team of the division in my mind. In the league, period, actually. Who knew the Carolina Panthers would be 2-0? Tied for first place with the Buccaneers. I thought that was going to be the Saints, but the Saints did not play well last week against the Panthers. How many players can you name on the Panthers outside of Christian McCaffrey? You probably can't. But they play tonight against the Houston Texans, who are 1-1. One one. They look good in week one, the Texans did. Not so much in week two. The predicted score is that the Panthers will win the game. The line is minus eight for the Panthers. But it's at Houston. To me, that seems like a pretty high number. The Panthers have the number one defense, 14th rank offense. The Texans are 17th and 17th in offense and defense. I don't know. I think that number might be a little too high for me. The Panthers are 7-0 when allowing 21 points or fewer. Since 2020, Sam Darnold, who was on the Jets and now on the Panthers, 
has 451 passing yards in the first half this season, most in the NFL. You don't know what you're going to get from the quarterbacks with the Houston Texans. If Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore get things going, I think the Panthers will win. But I don't know if I like that minus seven and a half. By FanDuel, it's minus seven and a half. On DraftKings, it's minus eight. To me, that's even worse. I feel like I take the Texans at plus eight. I think this game will be closer than we expect. Now, look, I've done long podcasts. I'm not going to go through and break down every game. This is my gut check picks. Arizona Cardinals against the Jaguars. The Cardinals are favored at minus seven. I'm taking the Cardinals. Washington football team playing at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills at minus seven and a half. It's been two close games for the Washington football team. Maybe that's wrong. I'm taking the Washington football team plus seven and a half. Gut check. Chargers Chiefs. Chiefs favored at minus six and a half. They're at home at a tough loss at Baltimore. The Chargers aren't playing bad. That game's at one o'clock on CBS. Gut check. I'm taking the Chiefs at minus six and a half. Ravens at the Detroit Lions, minus seven and a half. I'm taking the Ravens. Falcons, Giants. Oh, neither one of these teams is that good, but that also is harder because the line is minus two and a half for the Giants. Daniel Jones at home against the Falcons. Oh my, what am I going to do with this game? Jeez, this is a tough one. Uh, I'll take the Giants at home. So I'll take the Giants at two and a half. Gut check. Bears, Browns, Browns minus seven. Justin Fields getting the start for the first time, but he's on the road against the Browns. I'll take the Browns at minus seven. Colts playing at the Titans. Titans didn't so much right the ship when they beat Seattle in Seattle, which, by the way, the NFC East, man, imagine all four of those teams could have been 2-0 if Seattle had won at home. They had they were up by two touchdowns and still ended up losing the game to the Titans. I'll take the Titans at minus 5 to win at home. Steelers, Bengals, minus 3.5 at home. Can the Steelers right the ship? Boy, that's a tough one. Not liking that offensive line. But they were also challenged, not just for the way that they played in Week 2 and that Week 2 loss for the Steelers, but the fact that they didn't pick up Ben Roethlisberger off the turf after he got demolished and he had to get up on his own offensive line. Not feeling really good about that. I think they will play better. I'll take the Steelers at minus 3.5. Saints-Patriots, gut check, this is tough. Patriots, minus 3 at home against the Saints. I think similar to week one, what's happening with me here is I don't think the underdogs win as many games. I'm taking the Patriots at minus three to win that game over the Saints. 
Raiders, Dolphins. Raiders favored at home, minus four and a half. I'll take the Raiders. Broncos, Jets. Broncos favored at home, minus ten and a half. I'll take the Broncos. Rams, Buccaneers. That is going to be the game of the week for me. The Buccaneers are favored at minus one and a half on the road. I will take the Rams to win that game at plus one and a half. Although, I will be kind of sad because I thought the Buccaneers had the best chance of going undefeated. But I think the Rams win this game. Seahawks, Vikings. Seahawks at minus one and a half. They were up two touchdowns against Titans. Let them come back. Vikings keep losing tough games. They're at home at plus one and a half. I'll take the Vikings there. The Packers are at the 49ers. Minus three is the 49ers favorite. I'll take the 49ers at minus three. In the Monday night game, you've got the Cowboys hosting the Eagles. The Cowboys are favored at minus three and a half, and I will take the Cowboys. And there you have it, folks. My gut check picks for the weekend. I hope I do you right. I hope I do me right with my parlay picks. We'll see. Enjoy the weekend of sports. Ciao for now.